I'm looking for a truffle pig. Someone stole her. I don't understand. Tell me you are. You made the right choice being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig. What are you thinking? I remember every meal I ever cooked. I remember every person I ever served. You live your life for them, and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. my pig. <laughs> Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Dure and Derek Wong. Tonight we're discussing director Michael Sarnowski's directorial debut, Pig, starring Nicolas Cage and Alex Wolfe. And the first thing I want to say is that whoever started the comparison of this movie as John Wick, but with Nicolas Cage and a pig, I'm going to find you and punch you in the fucking head. Well, I guess I'm in trouble because you already know where I live. That <laughs> <laughs> was you, Amir? You, you started that rumor? <laughs> I didn't start it, but I mean, I totally get why people think it. Come on. It's a very obvious comparison. All right. I mean, I get the parallels, right? There are definitely a lot of parallels here with John Wick, you know. A retired professional returning to the world he left behind to get justice for his lost animal companion. I get it, but it's a totally different feel from John Wick. First of all, there's like no violence in this movie. So I, I think if you're going a little bit of violence. Not with quite the no violence. Fight club thing, I guess. But other than that, it's this is a very, very different feel from... Keanu Reeves and John Wick, I think. If you, if you don't know what they're doing, you're like, oh, this is a little John Wicky for a little bit there. <laughs> There's a little fight club. It's like that meme, person who's only seen the Boss Baby, and they <laughs> see a movie. It's like, exactly. hmm, getting a lot of Boss Baby vibes from this. <laughs> yeah, um, and that is me. I have only seen Boss Baby. <laughs> uh, but I loved this movie. Probably one of my favorites this year, I think. Uh, the Green Knight and this make for a very good one-two punch. Probably both will end up on my top ten list. I, I really, really like this. This was this was very good. You liked it? Yeah, yeah. It snuck up on me. At first I was like, ugh, I know what they're doing. This is bullshit. But like, it, it fucking somehow still got me, dude. It still got me. It banks left when you think it's going to like yeah, Korean it, right. Exactly. It, it surprised me. I kind of thought I knew what they were doing, and they managed to continually surprise me. And I don't know, even the things that didn't surprise me, they all hit. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Sarnowski got me. And in Cage, he's, he's excellent in this. He's so good in this. And like, I just want to talk about Nick Cage for a second because like, he's been king of the memes for so long. And like, I feel people forget that he's a very, very talented actor, you know? And this is not meme Nick Cage. This is a respected thespian Nick Cage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I think he's done a lot of meme stuff the past couple of years. 
And even that stuff has been really good. Like Mandy, Color Out of Space, Mom and Dad, a bunch of like genre flicks. I can't say to the directed DVD stuff because I haven't seen any of that, but he's very, very good. And this is a very subdued Nick Cage. I, I liked him a lot in this. What do you think of this, Derek? I mean, you brought up the whole John Wick thing, and I don't think it escapes the director. Uh, well, he's the director slash writer, right? I, I don't think it escapes him, the the comparison, because I think partially it is intentional. It, it is meant to kind of give you those vibes, but then take you askew, right? Like you said, when it wants to turn left, it goes right, and then U-turns or whatever, you know what I mean? I told my friends about this. I was like, hey, you guys, you should watch this pig movie. And they're like, well, what's it about? And I'm like, well, it's about Nicolas Cage. He's a truffle farmer and he loses his pig. You know, his pig gets stolen and he has to go retrieve it. And then I didn't say anything else. I didn't say anything about John Wick. And then one of my friends is just like, well, so it's like John Wick with Nicolas Cage. And I'm like, I'll let you think whatever you want. Right. I mean, I think I think those comparisons are there on naturally. Yeah, I think the comparisons are twofold, right? Because first, it's the animal companion thing where you automatically think of John Wick. And then Nick Cage, you know, he's king of the memes, over-the-top performances. I went into this thinking, he's like, where's my pig? You know, like crazy <laughs> shit like that. I mean, he kind of does do a lot. Yeah, he does say that, to be fair. A little bit. But, but this is a very, very sweet, tender movie. I was not expecting at all. It, it, it opens up a lot, like about midway through. But listen, to, like, this is the IMDb description. A truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. Come on, man. I mean, it doesn't say anything about, like, guns blazing or anything, you know? So, like, I guess I... I mean, people's comparisons to John Wick is just because I think maybe that's what they're expecting. And if you're expecting that going into this movie, I mean, you're going to be pleasantly surprised, but maybe disappointed if that's what you want. All right, here's the John Wick description. An ex-hitman comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters that killed his dog and took everything from him. I mean, you say ex-hitman hunts, hunts <laughs> down. Like, you know, like that's a different doesn't description. Say, I feel doesn't like say that hunts down. says comes out of retirement. Comes out of retirement. down. Oh, tracked. Okay. Still very different descriptions to me. I don't think it's the description that's misleading. I think the trailer was a little bit misleading. I think it gave a much darker edge to the movie than it actually had or has. And I think that's where people are getting the the John Wick comparison from. I also think that if you're running with this John Wick thing, because I I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. If you're thinking it might be John Wicky. Like, all the way up through the Fight Club thing, you're like, okay, this is kind of turning John Wickish. Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think the Fight Club part in the in the middle is definitely a little misleading. It does make you think a certain thing about this movie, like maybe where it's starting to turn. It doesn't commit to that, right? It, it definitely, this very strange moment, I think, in the middle of the movie. Yeah, does that, does that moment make any sense? Not really. Not to me. I think it's like gonzo weird shit, I think, where like... It's like, oh shit, this is the restaurateur underworld or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, and that's another John Wicky thing too, right? Yeah, yeah, se- yeah, yeah, their se- own mythology. It, dude, it's a secret hotel underneath the city where they do restaurant fight club. Like, <laughs> how can you not say this is restaurant John Wick? But I, I do love that there's that part where he's talking to, I guess, his bookie or who the guy, you know, whoever that person is. And he's like, well, your name has, like, no weight anymore, right? Like, your name doesn't mean anything anymore. And he has to, like, show them that, like, he's still who he is. And I 
I thought that was a really clever moment. Only kinda. If it, dude, if I have a a famous chef and I want him to show me that he can still do his shit, I give him a kitchen. I wouldn't beat the shit out of him in a fucking no. But I think hotel. I think he's a legend in that circuit, right? That that whatever Fight Club circuit. Yeah, he is. But it doesn't make me fucking like. It. What the fuck is the connection? Like, why <laughs> I know, do I give yeah. a shit? I read it as if I know anything about the restaurant world, like it fucking sucks, right? Like a lot of times, like the head chef fucking sucks and i think that's the idea is that it's these people that get the beat on the head chefs for money i don't know this is definitely the part where i was like oh is this movie flying off the rails and i'm 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 glad that it pulled the reins on that a little bit and it did because that genuinely felt to me because i uh, that was like all right are they taking a john wick type turn with this is this gonna be some weird you know thing and and they, and they didn't go there in the end but like in the context of the rest of the movie seeing the rest of it it doesn't fully make sense for me all right, I'm putting a moratorium on the word John Wick. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, you brought it up, bro. But I mean, this is where the discourse was uh, surrounding this movie, right? Before it came out, people were like, oh, John Wick. So Yeah, but I like to compare this to the other movie, Ron Quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if anything, this is more like First Cow, like Kelly Reichardt's First Cow than John Wick, right? talking about love and loss and like how people connect through food there's so many things you can take away from this movie and like things that i like again i i didn't expect at all and i think every character in this movie brings something to the table funnily enough alex wolf's character amir (laughs) yeah i was gonna i was gonna say the deuteragonist of this is named amir the movie's only about 90 minutes i was predisposed to love this (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and like Amir comes off as, like, a pretty scummy dude, but, like, by the end, he's very likable. Like, he's likable throughout the whole thing, right? But, like, you know, he's, like, flashy. He's got the Camaro, and he's, like, trying to climb up the ranks of the restaurant world. And he's kind of douchey, but, like, you really, really latch onto this character and relate to, like, his family dynamics, you know? All the character interactions are great. Amir's dad, who's... I guess you could say he's the antagonist, but in the end, it, it yeah, it swerves on that a little bit too. Everything about this movie is really surprisingly tender. I think. Yeah. Do we want to go into some of the story specifics? I mean, yeah. So Nicolas Cage, he's like a reclusive chef, right? He's retired and he makes a living foraging truffles. I feel like he gets other ingredients too for like the restaurant scene in Portland. Is that what he does? Um, but mostly it's truffles through his prized truffle pig. And uh, this pig is really cute, actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a cute pig. <laughs> I didn't know if uh, a fully grown adult pig could be that cute, but this is a cute pig. And in the middle of the night, these tweakers come and they beat him up and they take his pig. So pretty simple premise. He re-enters society uh, into the restaurant world, trying to track down who took his pig. And he has his friend or his buyer uh, who buys some of the truffles and stuff from him named Amir, played by Alex Wolf. He joins him on his quest to reclaim his pig. And that's basically it. Okay, so it's like some gorgeous shots of like, I guess, the Oregonian wilderness at the very beginning. Like, yeah. You can see why he's out there alone. Like You're like, damn, that looks like it would kind of whip ass. And then you'd be like, oh, shit, I don't have internet. All right, this place sucks. But like, it's very – it's I could see like why someone of a more, I don't know, outdoorsy bent would like it. Like it looks like being in the wilderness like that would kick ass if, if you're a certain kind of person. It really does look gorgeous. You know, a lot of like just like 
it's slow. The camera lingers on those shots of the outdoors of the pig of him cooking that uh, mushroom tart or whatever it is. Yeah, the food shots in this movie are great too. Like, kind of reminds me of Hannibal a little bit, and it kind of gives like the, this food this religious kind of reverence to it, and I, I really like that. Uh, the cinematography here. It's a rustic mushroom tart. I like that story-wise and character-wise, it, it makes sense that if his character were to become like a recluse, you know, he would still be related to the food industry, right? This idea that he, right, right, he right. hunts truffles and like he still has appreciation for these things, but for some reason has just like left that world. You don't know he's a famous chef at the beginning. Do you, you don't, though. You don't, yeah. In retrospect, In yeah, retrospect, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know he was a famous chef. I mean, for all you know, he could be like, could have been like one of these tweakers or whatever, right? He only really starts name dropping in order to find the pig like partway through the movie, right? But you you get a pretty early hint, right, with him cooking that meal, and you're like, wait, that doesn't look normal. Like it doesn't look like, like something a can tweaker make that. would cook. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I mean, I don't know. People have skills. No, they do. <laughs> and and if it turned out he wasn't a chef, like you know that that would yeah take that away wouldn't from that. like you wouldn't look at that shot and be like, oh, like like maybe he's just a guy who. Loves food and got good. You don't have to be a professional. No, but I do like that it builds. Like, you know, we see that. We see that his his profession now is like this pig or truffle farmer or whatever. And, you know, it, it, it kind of leads. It, it builds, right? Right. It all just kind of makes sense, the leading you into this world of fine dining and, and, and buying and selling of truffles, right? So I kind of wasn't really with the movie at first, despite all the praise I'm lavishing on it. Like, I, I wasn't really with it because I was just like, all right, they're just, like, setting up how cute the pig is and how beautiful the outdoors is and how much he loves the fucking pig, yada, yada. Like, I get it. Like, I was kind of, like, not really – like, they didn't have me on the hook yet. And I think they got me on the hook – when the tweakers break into his house and, like, take the pig. Like, even that, I was just, like, a little, eh. But then, like, there's this one shot where he's getting up from the floor and, like, the side of his face is all blood matted and it's, like, shining in the sunlight as he gets up. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, like, like this is being done with some, like, skill and love. And, like, even if I'm, like, I think kind of think I know where this is going, it, it, like, this is good. I think that's where I bought it. And then there's, like, the funny humor of the truck and stuff. And I'm like, all right, this is, like, going interesting places. Like, I didn't love the isolation of – I know it's not for very long. It's only, like, ten minutes. But, like, the isolation of the first ten minutes or so of the film. Like, I mean, it it ends up being a film about human connection. And I was just like, all right, like, this film was, like, I don't know, like, valorizing his fucking, like – hermit lifestyle at the beginning i was just like i don't don't really like this like i don't know this guy's like a dick like i don't know i'm just like i just wasn't with it for 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 the first 10 12 minutes i guess i i tend to agree with that even after the fact when he goes to visit that that one lady who then helps him find the tweakers i think i think it that quite worked with me also i think it works it really picks up when he actually gets into the city right into portland yeah i mean i wasn't even into it with the fight club stuff right i thought the fight club stuff was i mean it's a misnomer to call it a fight club because i think you just sit there and take a beating and you have to like survive for like a certain amount of time without tapping out and that's how you like win the quote-unquote match right and this is just a way for him to get a lead to who took his pig i was not like fully on board until he goes to eurydice the restaurant where his old protege protege or one of his uh, runs the restaurant yeah Yeah, one of his peons that was when the movie turned for me and i was like okay this is going in an interesting direction where i did not see because i feel like in your typical revenge thriller type movie 
this is where he would fly off the handle and fucking beat the shit out of this dude and get like the information that he needs but this is not where the movie goes at all right and like it's very very soft-spoken Nicolas Cage giving him like this quiet interrogation about like where he's taken his life and how he's sold out his dream of owning this authentic English pub for this high-end restaurant. Derek, what was it you always used to talk about opening? Wasn't it a pub? Everyone loves it here. This is a huge success. Why didn't you open your pub? I, 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 I don't know that I, I really wanted. Uh, I mean, it was just, that was such a long time ago. When I fired you, I asked you what you wanted to do. You said you have a few rooms upstairs. A real English pub. Did, did I say that? Yes. Nobody wants pubs around here. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a terrible investment. What was going to be your signature dish? Liver scotch eggs with a honey curry mustard. <laughs> They're not real. You get that, right? None of it is real. The critics aren't real. The customers aren't real. Because this isn't real. You aren't real. <laughs> okay. Derek, why do you care about these people? They don't care about you. None of them. They don't even know you. Because you haven't shown them. Every day you'll wake up. And there'll be less of you. You live your life for them, and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. I thought that was, like, very, very profound. It's it's a very good, what do they call it? The armor-piercing speech? Something yeah. Like that. It's uh, very good at risks going overboard, and I think it doesn't. I think he totally nails it. Um, I was totally on board with that little monologue. It was excellent. Really, really, really good. He just breaks him down. With that little speech, which is like an unrealistic thing. Like you were talking about the unrealistic bits of the movie earlier, Jeff, with the Fight Club. This is another one of those unrealistic things, but it like totally serves a purpose and totally works. Yeah, with, it works. It with the film and the way like the Fight Club thing I think doesn't. But this I think they totally, totally nail. I think it resonates with me a lot because of this idea of like passion, right? Like a, a passion for what you're doing. And Nicolas Cage is amazing in that scene i think what kind of partly takes away with it is the the actor who plays the actual chef his protege or whatever you want to call him i think like his acting was i mean not to like hark on anyone's acting like took me out of it a little bit and i think wasn't balanced quite right with the the skill level of like what nicholas cage was giving in that scene and what he was giving so that took me out of it a little bit I didn't really feel that that much. I I think it was like this weird kind of he's quivering. He's it's almost like he wants to manically laugh, but also he's like scared. And it I don't know. It, it was very off kilter and, and and just not right for the scene. In my in my, I think that's by design. I right? love I mean, like, that. Yeah, you know, I thought. What I... do you what do you say to someone who like fucking destroys you at your core with something like that, right? And something that's not even like actually like insulting you or anything he's just saying you fucking sold out and you're like a slave to capitalism you know it's like an old mentor who you looked up to coming back and telling you you fucked up your life for the last like 15 years or whatever he's not even like 
unsuccessful or anything. This restaurant is like incredible. This Eurydice restaurant is something that you should be proud of building for yourself. And fucking Nicolas Cage with his just like few words totally dismantles like his entire outlook on on his life it's 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 crazy and as unrealistic as it is you totally buy it because the movie sets it up to make sense like he's this legendary chef who retired he was the mentor of uh this this of chef derek finway or whatever so like he has that personal connection to him where it makes sense that he'd be able to unman him with a single speech and then he also he's run away into the woods for 15 years so it's not like he's saying oh you sold out but i'm cooking over this restaurant over here and my restaurant is not a sellout it's like fuck you you're a fucking hypocrite too eat ass but like it's like all right this guy's lived in the woods for the last like decade or whatever uh hunting truffles like maybe there's there's something to it like he 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 totally sells you on on this speech it's it's not some bullshit it's, it's some real shit i totally understand the whole nicholas cage side of it it's just the other side that, i mean especially because you find out his character was like fired after like three weeks or something right like you would imagine like maybe he wouldn't have the same amount of respect or admiration for like nicholas cage's character right like i would feel like this character be more like but look what i've done like why aren't you admiring what i've done Versus, like, this cowering wimp that can't speak up for himself. I mean, it's unrealistic, as, as we've been saying. Yeah. I think it's unre- unrealistic for a purpose. Like, and I, and I, and I think, you know, because what do you say to that, right? Like, in the movie's own argument, how do you counter the fucking dim mock that, you know, that Nicolas Cage <laughs> just un- unleashed on you? Yeah, th- th- there's nothing you can say to that, right? Because he knows he sold out, right? Like, if he didn't agree with Nicolas Cage... That's the one thing. Be like, oh, fuck you. I love Eurydice. I love fucking seafoam reductions or whatever the fuck. Seafoam. But, like, <laughs> but like, he knows, man. He, he didn't forget what his signature dish of that pub was going to be. He's held that fucking close to his heart for the last decade and a half, just like wishing he had done it, you know? Yeah. Nicholas Cage just like, he just strikes right to the heart of that. And yeah, I, I think it's funny because like to add insult to injury, Nicholas Cage, he's like, he brings up the fact that he fired him like three times or whatever during yeah. the conversation, which I think is is pretty funny. But interesting parallel that the restaurant's name is Eurydice, right? Because, you know, like Orpheus and Eurydice, um, Orpheus goes to the underworld to try and uh, bring his wife back. Um, kind of like a parallel with Nicolas Cage trying to bring his pig back. Um, <laughs> and... I mean, spoiler alert, I, I guess in the end, both of them, they lose the, the thing that they love, right? Orpheus with his wife and then uh, Nicolas Cage with this with his pig. Yeah, I, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about Amir, too. Like, not you, Amir, but Amir. <laughs> no, let's talk about Amir. I, I think Alex Wolf does a great job as Amir. And you really feel for his character and, like, what's going on with his parents and, like, the whole situation where... He tells Nicolas Cage's Rob like this the story about his parents' destructive marriage, right? And then in this like really quiet moment, he tells him like, well, one time they went and got this like got this meal and they came back and they were drunk and they were happy. You know, when I was a kid, my parents used to do this date night thing. I mean not a lot. My dad was really busy. They'd usually come back fighting and screaming at each other, and my mom will get all mopey. But this one night, I remember 
They went to this restaurant and they came back and they were so happy. Like they were smiling and talking about the food and the wine and really, really, really drunk. They talked about that meal for years. Even after the chef, this huge chef, just disappeared. That was your spot. And like that ties into the ending too. And I was like, I don't know where this is going. I mean, I knew where it was going in the moment, but like, I didn't know that they were going to like tie that together in the end with that ending. That ending's just fantastic. We'll get to that later, but um, great performance there by, by Alex Wolf too. So his mom, she killed herself, but it looks like the suicide attempt wasn't successful, right? Because she's she's like brain dead, right? Is that is that what it is? I think that's the implication. Uh, yeah, yeah is the that, implication is that, is that, is that she's that, brain dead. Yeah, that she was depressed, unhappy all her life, always fighting with uh, her husband, and like the one time he remember seeing his mom happy was with this meal, and then she tried to commit suicide and failed, and is on life support, and and his father refuses to let go. Because he goes to the room and he won't go in, but he's like talking to his mom from the doorway through the closed door. And it's like, wow, don't you wish dad would just let you die? He tells Nicolas Cage's character that she did die, right? And we are led to believe until that moment where he shows up at the door that she is dead, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We're to assume that she's dead, but until that moment. Yeah, which was a big surprise to me. I remember being like, wait, oh, oh. You know, and, and that was such a tender moment, too. Like, that was a little hard to watch, I think. And I, I, I did not expect a movie like this to kind of go there. And I just think, like, the rest of this movie, like, after that point is just a swerve after a swerve of, like, things that you don't expect, right? It turns out that Amir's father, Darius, who's played by Adam Arkin, by the way, um, good character actor there. And um, it turns out that he's the one who has Nicolas Cage's pig, Right. Amir let it slip that Robin has this pig and Darius, does he hire the tweakers to steal the pig? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he does. Yes. Right? I That's think, the, yeah, does. I think he, he hires he the tweakers to, to take the pig from Nicholas cage. And I, it hits like a familiar beat of where, you know, Nicholas cage and Alex Wolf, they, they have this spat where, where he's like, I don't want anything to do with you, but it's very short lived. Right. I, I always think like uh, movies always do this where like, there's this misunderstanding or like one character betrays another and they're supposed to be friends. And then they, the whole thing is like, well, well, they have to like reconcile somehow. And this doesn't really last (laughs) that long. This, this spat between them, which I, which I found refreshing. I mean, this movie only has like 92 minutes to get through everything. And, and it's very economical. I think it does a great job parceling everything out at a, at an even pace. Yeah. Another moment I really liked, I, I think we meet another one of his protégés, right? Someone that was like a, a baker at one of his restaurants. I like that contrast of seeing someone who did something with what he had taught her and like created the successful bakery that he like trust in her items. He goes to her specifically to get some of her bread, take some of her pastries. And I, I love that small detail of him pondering which one he wants. He like takes a moment. It's like, no, I'll take this one eh, and I'll take this one. Like I, I really like that contrast, but also really like that tenor moment where we see an actual person that I think uh, was affected by him and like truly admires who he is, right? Versus what I think the other one was a little bit more superficial and was just by name, right? By face, by by reputation. Like you guys are saying, the second half is, is great in this movie. 
Yeah, the second half is so good. Just the scene where Amir gets to, like, the truth of the pig. And I thought this was, like, the best moment of the whole movie. Uh, Robin, he's like, I don't even give a shit about the pig's truffle-finding capabilities. I don't keep the pig around for the truffles. I can find them myself. I don't need my pig to find truffles. What? The trees. The trees tell you where to look. Then why the fuck do we do all this? I love her. It was like gonna bring a tear to my eye, right? It's such a like a sweet moment that like he found this companionship with this animal that he just loves so much, and like the truffle hunting capabilities are like nothing. He doesn't care about that. He he just loves this this pig for for the companionship. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful reveal because it just recasts everything in a different light, right? Like he couldn't tell that to Amir before he knew him as a person, right? Like you can't reveal that like level of like intimacy, yeah, and vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to couch it in a way that people understand, which is like, oh, it's about the money, right? In order to get them to kind of understand or to motivate them, right? Like if you just led with like, oh, I love this pig. I need it back. I mean, we're going to go, fuck you. But because yeah. he starts with like, oh, we need their this business pig back partners because of the, in the beginning. Exactly. We need this pig back because of the business aspect. Then it's like, oh, okay, he goes along with it. And then only afterwards is he able to say like, dude, that's, that's not what this is about at all. That's true. That's true. Because Amir is also like, he's opening up about his family and stuff. And like, when Robin sees that, he gets an inkling that he can say something like that and not be like totally dismissed. Right. And, and that just shows the evolution of the relationship between them two as well right yeah it shows like amir's true character right a person that at one point wanted to get the pig back because well this is how he's gonna make his money right get his reputation up versus now he's just trying to help nicholas cage's character right like he wants to help his friend find this pig i I really like of course the ending is great but i also really like that first scene with darius where he tells nick cage's character he's just like um yeah, like, I took the pig, and there's literally nothing you can fucking do about it, so get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's not one of those, like, uh, I'm sorry to bring it up again, Jeff. It's not one of those John Wick scenes <laughs> where, you know, Nick Cage's character just freaks out and, you know, goes get, and gets violent or something. He just, like, goes ape yeah, shit. he yeah. just, like, leaves, and it's like, well, fuck, <laughs> you know? And and, and, and and he's such a troll, too. He's like, I'll give you, like, $15,000, $20,000, $2 Yeah, yeah, he's just... Wait, Amir, you weren't expecting, you know, that moment where he says, like, well, what are you going to do now? It's like, well, I'm going to go get my pig. You weren't expecting him to, like, break into loaves of bread and, like, pull out guns and... and <laughs> <laughs> that was a really, really uh, tough turn to execute, and they pulled it off, man. Yeah. Dude, it's so good. I think, like, you normally you would expect that, right? Like, you take that pig back by force. You, like, storm mm-hmm. his, like, house and and take out all the guys and rescue yeah, but, operation. But it's not for that kind of movie, right? Yeah. It's not that kind of movie. And, and he reaches out through compassion, through food, to appeal to Darius's, like, human nature and, like, his connection to his comatose wife. And that's, it's so, like, Beautiful. I was really actually touched by that. I, I was really moved by that. I like. I knew what was happening as soon as he like handed him a list of ingredients, right? But like, it still worked for me. You know. Okay. It, it, I I caught on a little bit later. I didn't know what they were doing. I I was gonna like poison him or anything like <laughs> that. But but um, I did I did catch on a little later. But once I realized what they were doing, I was like, wow, that's 
Yeah. I mean, it, it still worked even though I saw it coming. And Yeah. And, and the moment where he like just breaks down, he like has to leave the table. It's just it's a very powerful moment. And like, man, I'm just like, yeah, like me thinking about it right now again, it's just like makes me want to watch the movie again. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. and they play that perfectly, too. Like he doesn't talk too much. It's a very silent understanding. Yeah, I mean, to explain it, because we didn't actually explain it, what he does is he, him and Amir, they they recreate the the last happy meal that uh, Darius had with his comatose wife. That meal that Amir told Rob in that story, where they came home happy and drunk and like the happiest they've ever been. And it says something about Rob where he's like, I remember every single meal I cook, right? And like they they painstakingly recreate that meal for Darius to like try and appeal to his human nature to hand the pig back. It's like complete aside, but the whole bit of like, oh, I remember every single meal I ever cooked or whatever, horseshit, dude. <laughs> it's horseshit, it's horseshit. <laughs> Especially no, if wait. you're like a famed cook. Like right. you've uh, cooked uh, like thousands. Unless of you're meals. a professional chef for like Two weeks or something. <laughs> but but that line still works. No, it does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. does. But, but yeah. that's another that's just another example of like the heightened unreality you were talking yeah. about. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense for real life, but it definitely makes sense for this movie, right? His supernatural ability to like, I don't know, cook and connect with people through food. It it, it, it totally makes sense here. It's just not realistic. I just kinda roll it. Like I was just in the context of my own job, I was thinking about it. I was like, there's no, there's no, there's way. no way. There's no way. I, I see thousands and thousands of people in a year. Like, there's no, I, I don't remember people I saw last week. So, like, there's no way. <laughs> but, but it, it, it totally, again, it works for the movie. I, I think really it's just that, that fight club bit is the only little misstep. And maybe I'm just missing something about why they did it. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like a little bit of like gonzo storytelling to like, Maybe mislead you a little bit more. It is a bit of a head fake. It did make me think they were going in a weird, uh, God damn it, I'm saying it again, a weird John Wick direction. <laughs> John Wick direction. I absolutely believe that that's what it was meant to do. Like I, I don't like I've been saying. Like I, I don't think the comparison is not earned or correct. Like I think it is supposed to mislead you in a way, so that the ending becomes something wholly unexpected, which it was for me. Like I, th- this idea of like you said, compassion. Versus violence is so strong at the end. I think the Fight Club thing, they're like, oh, you know what? I think it's too early to show our cards about like where this movie is going. So we got to like put in this this weird yeah, getting your ass beat in the basement of a restaurant to like really head fake you, right? Yeah, I, I do agree. It's the only like tonally bizarre portion of this movie. Thing is like we also get like a rug pull where we don't get a happy ending either, right? Because it's revealed that the pig is dead right r.i.p pig <laughs> darius was like well the the tweakers mishandled the pig and uh she didn't survive which really fucking sucks i was i was like just about as devastated as rob was in this right and like he lets out like this pained scream and like the sound cuts out what a great decision to cut the sound there too yeah like every decision is like so against nicholas cage's like meme persona you would, like, think you could leave in Nicolas Cage hamming it up, doing his pained grieving, but they never do that, right? Um, just a great artistic decision, and, and th- this movie is just way more subdued than you would think, and, and it's just good. It's just fantastic. This is, started, this is like, a bit of a gear switch here, so, uh, but, like, this is one of those rare cases where 
uh, I can say I've seen all this director's movies because this is Michael, <laughs> yeah, Sarn- <laughs> this is Michael Sarnowski's directorial debut. So finally, yeah. Jeff doesn't have one up on me and saying he's like seen all the previous <laughs> previous films of this director. You can say so, you were there when when he released Pig. Yes, exactly. No, but the reason I point that out is just like, man, I am super impressed by yes. this debut film. It's I'm so, good. so excited to see what he does. It's next. Yeah, so good. And it's so good. How old is Michael Sarnowski? Is he like a young I have guy? No idea. And we're this gonna is... like have his films like theoretically. You know, like he's gonna be making more and more and more, or just like. All right, he looks young. He's like early thirties, can't be late twenties. Yeah, he maybe. can't be that young. He's so young. I have a thing from the the Yale College Arts website that says he was the makeup artist for a show in twenty ten. So he was in college in twenty ten. So he's like in his thirties, probably. Yeah, yeah, younger than us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't find out that this was his. D- directorial debut until after i watched the movie so like i was like oh this must be some kind of seasoned director that maybe i don't that quite hit, remember hit, hit, or hit one out of the park or something yeah or something. but yeah. then to find out this is like his first movie i was like wow like it, it's even more impressive to me yeah i went to go do my homework and i was like oh shit the teacher canceled homework nice <laughs> <laughs> it felt really good and his first movie he got nick cage and alex wolf uh adam arkin what a cast two alex wolves in a month that we're reviewing I liked him way better in this than in yes. old. A little weird in old. I think a little stilted, but he was fantastic in this. Yeah, I mean, Nick Cage, good to see him in like a a meaty acting showcase again. I've always been a big fan of Nick Cage, even through his, his flop era. <laughs> uh, all right, bless the podcast. What's Nick Cage's best movie? Is it Adaptation? Ooh, okay. Adaptation's really good, Charlie Kaufman, but there's so many. Yeah, but I said best. I didn't say pick so many. Fuck Con Air, you. baby. No, <laughs> get out of here, dude. Don't don't fucking Bring. say The Rock either, motherfucker. Dude, I love The Rock, though. <laughs> no, I mean, the Rock not, is really not, good. Not his performance, but I fucking love The that Rock's movie. really good. <laughs> Face Off is good. He's he's had some like non-thespian bangers too. His pop stuff is good too. I mean, maybe it's recency bias, but I really like this performance. Like, I can't remember. I love this performance. Yeah, I, too, I just yeah. like can't remember the last time I I like loved a Nick Cage performance as much as this because it's been a long time, you know. I got my favorite Nick Cage movie, National Treasure. Oh, Book of Secrets. <laughs> there you go. Nice. He's picked so many small projects recently. Like, he has not been in a big movie in forever. His last movie that grossed over a hundred million was. National Treasure, Book of Secrets, 2007. That's so long ago. $100 million is a lot of money, though. You're, that's a pretty big cutoff, no? I guess, but is, I mean... Is that your blockbuster versus, like, non-cutoff? Like, I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Spider-Verse, but, like, it doesn't really count. No, it definitely Does that count? That not definitely really. doesn't count, bro. Yeah. He means that's not his, <laughs> but that's not not, his movie not his at vehicle. all. Yeah. Yeah, it's not his vehicle. Other underrated Nick Cage movies. Lord of War, I like. I like that movie where he plays the arms dealer. I like 8mm where he's like tracking down this snuff film. A <laughs> super dark film, by the way. Yeah, he's done so much good stuff. I mean, we fucking laugh at it, but I, I actually do love like The Rock, Con Air. Yeah. No, they're good. They're genuinely good. It, I, I'm I like poking fun, but only a little bit, right? Like, yeah, his, his recent genre stuff is great too. Like Mandy is really good. Color Out of Space is really good. 
they're genuinely good Nick Cage performances, but they're a little a little meme meme. <laughs> meme. <laughs> would you count this movie, would you count Pig as a genre film or not really? I wouldn't. No. No. It's hard. I feel like it straddles the line, right? I don't know like where it would fit in in terms of like genre classification, but yeah, it's it's a little hard because it is a lot of different things at once, and, and like we said, we it takes turns that we don't expect, so it's it's hard to define. It's something totally different, something even better than I think you can expect this movie to be. Even if it did do that turn, you know, like it, imagine this movie became like a John Wick where you like hunted down people and like cleave people to death or uh, something. How right? boring! Like, yeah, how boring would that be? Like this, this movie is the movie I wanted. Like this is this is it. This is a great movie that I think everyone should go see. Yeah, the first ten minutes or twelve minutes or so that I said I didn't really love, I felt like it was going to over over valorize his like isolation from humanity, and it's totally the opposite. It's a movie about human connection, and it's super good. So yeah, go watch it. It's a revenge thriller where he kills with kindness, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Kills with <laughs> compassion. Kinda. Yeah, kills. With Cooks compassion. an armor piercing meal at the end. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's it for us, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You cannot find me because I'll be in the woods trying to learn how to cook a rustic <laughs> mushroom tart. <laughs> what about you, Derek? You can find me at the world's OKS photos and at Screen Asians Guild on Instagram. Uh, but if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions about our episode on Pig, Michael Sarnowski's directorial debut, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting listener mail. We like reading it out on the pod. So feel free to shoot us a line. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.